This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is The P Word. Now, the P Word is most likely not what you're assuming this episode's about. The P Word as it pertains to this conversation is pornography and how pornography has led to the decline of multiple relationships in my life and what I've done to overcome those shortcomings. You see, for me, porno, pornography, whatever you say, naked ladies, chicks, however you want to water this down, was a part of my life. It was a part of my life based off the fact of growing up in the first information age where we had dial-up internet service. Now, I know many of you listening to this podcast may not have any idea what dial-up truly is. So let me paint the picture for you. We used to sit at a computer, a big computer, that was loud and hot. And we had a screen that was thick and deep. And you would sit at this computer and you would have a modem that was external that was tied into the phone line of your house. And when you wanted to get on the internet, no one else could be on the phone in your house. It was either phone or internet. And you would then press some buttons on this magic thing back then called AOL. And AOL would make this screeching sound as the modem tried to tie into the phone line and allow you to view what was on the web. See, now we get frustrated when I scroll through Instagram on my phone and I can't get it to update real time immediately. It frustrates me, right? Probably frustrates you too. Dial-up was different. You used to have to wait minutes for web pages to load, not including audio files or video files. So this is the age and era where I was first essentially introduced to pornography. Now, I'm a 34-year-old man, and I remember having our first computer and our first dial-up internet connection going into the fourth grade. So the fourth grade, I'm not great at this stuff going backwards in the mathematics, but I'm going to put me somewhere between 9 and 10 years old. I was first introduced to porn. Now, our computer was in the basement of our house, in a house in Mansfield, Ohio, and you used to have to walk down these stairs, and it was a sharp right turn. So I knew that if I closed the door at the top of the stairs and I sat at the computer, I would have enough time to click off a web page, open, have a secondary web page open. If anybody came downstairs, I don't care how fast my younger sister would run down the stairs or how quick my mom could get down there. It didn't matter. As long as I had a secondary web page up, I could click off of whatever porn that my curious mind was searching for. Now, it's crazy to say this because, again, those of you that know dial-up internet, by having that secondary page open, my load time on the porn that I was curious about probably tripled. The web just didn't work like it works today. And so I can remember just being curious. I mean, I can't say that my hormones were raging at that point. I mean, shoot, I'm in fourth grade. Maybe it was fifth. But I was curious about the female anatomy. I was curious about sexuality. I was curious about all these different facets of what went on. And some of that started from, admittedly, before the internet. So I remember snooping around my parents' room when they would leave or something would go on. And I ended up finding a drawer that had porn in it. I wasn't supposed to find it. They did a great job trying to hide it, but it was there. This was back when there was VHS players. So a video. It, for those of you that don't know what a video is, it used to be this probably six-inch by three-inch deep black box that you would put into a player and you'd have to rewind and fast forward. And there was physical tape that was red 
by the machine to display an image on, on your screen. So I remember like stumbling upon this and putting in a porn in the VCR, like putting in what is this thing I've just stumbled upon? And lo and behold, I see my first porn. Don't remember what it was. All I remember is getting sick to my stomach of like, what are these people doing? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Physically feeling ill in my stomach. And there was there was oral sex happening at the time. I mean, I remember that part. I don't remember what the people looked like, but I saw them like, it was all I could do not to vomit. Like, I'm like, what is this? So have to remember the exact moment that I turned the, the VCR on, rewind back to that point, put the cassette back in the box, feel incredibly guilty, shove it back in the drawer, cover it up, and like, I don't ever want to do this again. This is horrible. So that was my real first experience with porn. Again, I'll say third grade. Probably came home from school, you know, got off the bus, mom wasn't home, had a key to get in the house, went, snooped around, doing stuff I wasn't supposed to do, and poof, there you go. So then we got... Again, back to the, when we had this new technology, this new internet that allowed us to, to search for things, I started searching for porn. These were the days of Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy and Playboy and all these things that as a fourth grader, fifth grader, are just incredibly intriguing to me. And so porn throughout that time period in life became some sort of pseudo-addiction. As I've shared on multiple different episodes, I didn't have my first interaction with a female even kissing, holding hands, just that level of intimacy. That didn't happen for me until my senior year of high school. So start in fourth grade. By the 12th grade, I'm just now finally really touching a girl for the first time. That's eight years of learning a behavior of looking at porn. And I said, okay, well, what's really looking at porn? You know, is it once a week? Is it once a month? I was a serial offender of looking at porn. I would have been the kid that, you know, every time I could have logged onto our home computer and I knew I was not in jeopardy of getting caught, I was either downloading music illegally on Napster, whole other st- subject that we can get into in the future, those of you that have no idea what Napster could be, or I was looking at porn. And that was it. Like, that was my internet usage. That's what it was for. That and AOL Instant Messenger, which is how we used to communicate before text message. We used to sit down at computers and have to wait for our friends to log on, and we'd be able to chat back and forth virtually. And so there's an eight-year time span in which I remember looking at porn probably four or five times a week. And during that time period, let your imagination run wild on what a hormonal early teen is doing while looking at porn four to five times a week. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to put those pieces together. That was my life. And so what I found has happened during that is I felt mentally as though I knew all the pieces and parts of how to treat a lady in the bedroom. I thought I knew, you know, how to press the right buttons and how to do things that were going to make me this rock star when that magic first time came. What really happened in actuality is it set up a, a false positive for me. You know, it created this environment in which I thought that those sexual acts that I had watched were exactly how every sexual encounter was supposed to be in my life. I've got news for you. They're not all like that. That's not the real world. That certainly was not my real world. That is not my real life. But time progresses. You know, life progresses. Eventually, during that time period, you get cable internet 
you know, it's basically what we have now, some sort of variation of T1 internet service and download times become quicker. And then we get cell phones and, and these things keep progressing. And I remember, you know, going to college and there was a adult novelty store between Oxford, where I went to school in Miami and Cincinnati, where I started going to school my freshman year. And so we would laughingly, my roommates and I, no matter which direction we were driving, we would stop in there almost every time. And I thought it was hilarious. Like, I'm 18 now. I can buy porn legally. Like, I'm ready. So now it's not VHS tapes. Now it's DVDs. And so these DVDs, you know, buy them. And I I don't remember ever actually using them for what one would use a porn for. I remember getting them and we would sit around as guys that were, you know, 19 years old in our college dorm throwing a porn and just laugh and drink and do whatever we were doing during that time period. But what's wild is about those porn DVDs, Lindsay and I lived together. Obviously, we're married now. We've lived together for four years. We were unboxing different stuff in our basement, stuff that I haven't seen for years, you know, plastic Rubbermaid containers, those big, I'll call them 30-gallon containers. They're just full of things that you've accumulated over your life that you have no idea what's in there. And Tor and I are digging through the boxes, and I see old PlayStation games, and I see old CDs, and all this stuff. And lo and behold, next to that is this little treasure trove of 8 to 10 very, very old porn DVDs. And she looks at me like, what in the world did you have these for? Why do you need these? Let's throw them away. And in my mind, like this nostalgia doesn't allow me to throw them away. It's weird. I'm like a hoarder. Like I'm never going to look at these porn videos again. But there's all these weird associations of memories attached to them that I don't want to get rid of them. You know, they're sitting in a box now that's basically taped shut just to make sure our daughter never can get into them, which is probably a blessing and a curse because if I was a kid and saw a taped up box, I'd surely want to know what's in the taped up box. But they're hidden as well as we can possibly hide something like that underneath multiple boxes in a box that's taped shut, somewhere that's not obvious to anybody in the world. So keep going through my life. And now we're getting into my 20s. And in my 20s, I finally established the confidence. And as I've shared with you, had different girlfriends, obviously many times overlapping and not being the right guy in those situations. But they were all stepping tones. They were all learning lessons. But I can still remember now, now you have a mobile phone. Now I have an an iPhone in my hand. I think I started with an iPhone 3. An iPhone 3, you had internet access from your phone. And I realized, man, I can look at porn anywhere. Whenever I, you know, feeling a little frisky and someone's not around or maybe, maybe my girlfriend's in the next room, but I can look at this and put myself in this fantasy world that's not real. I can think of whatever I need to think of to put myself in a situation that ends up sedating who I am, which is truly what I feel that porn ultimately does. Sedates. All this is coming to you guys from the conversa- a conversation I had last night with one of you listeners through Twitter, and we're discussing different parts and different aspects to relationships and how we, this gentleman is asking me how to level up. How can I, how can I have what it feels like you have? I've got a great girl. We've been together for a long time. I just feel like I'm not doing things the right way. Okay. Well, let's just start with a series of questions. You know, how's your relationship? How's your intimacy? How's your, and then it dawns on me, or I don't even know if it dawns on me. I think he actually shares with me. Look, I've got almost like an addiction to porn, and I feel guilty about it. It's like ding, 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 that's it. And I've been there before. I'm, I was that guy where through my 20s, all the way up until meeting Lindsay, porn was just a natural part of life. I've been so desensitized to sexuality from porn 
that it's no big deal to me. Where I look at, you know, an Instagram model that's got her cleavage out or using her hands for a bra. Like I remember when Janet Jackson had a poster when I was young, probably third or fourth grade, that was so salacious because it was her black and white with a man's hands using, you know, her his hands were her bra. And it was the most crazy thing the world had seen back then. But here we are. That's on Instagram every day. Like none of these things matter to me. I don't even catch on the fact that I'm following these women or that I'm paying attention to them or it's occupying mental space for me. They're just parts of life, right? I mean, what's the harm? I'm certainly not ever going to cheat on Lindsay and go out and find these women. I'm never going to direct message. I'm never going to care. What's the harm in just looking, right? And that's a story I've told myself. Same thing when it came to looking at porn. Like there's no harm in this. Like no one's getting hurt. I'm not cheating on my partner. I'm not doing all these bad things I could be doing. So who cares? What's the issue? Well, I'll tell you what the issue is. Over time, it becomes disrespectful to Lindsay because she asked me about it and I don't have any reason to lie. This is after the first six months of our relationship when I'm finally being honest with her about everything. And she's like, do you look at porn? Yeah, I sure do. Why? I feel so freeing in that moment just to be honest. Like, all right, I've already came clean with everything else. What are you going to do now? And she's like, well, why? And she just kept asking why. Like, why do you look at porn? My honest answer was, I don't know. Because it's a habit? Because I'm used to it? Like, those are weak answers. Those are not strong, moral, fiber-tied answers. You do something because you've done it for a long time. Even if, you haven't, even if it's not right, you just keep doing it. What's the f- point in that? It doesn't make any sense to me. And so it stopped making sense. Again, this is before Wake Up Warrior. This is before Garrett J. White's Wake Up Warrior, The Black Book, the Kingskit.com, any of these things. All of these transformations are happening before this time period. Because I'm realizing that I am sedating myself. I'm disassociating from the magic of the relationship I have in front of me. You see, if you're able to discuss intimacy, sexuality with your partner, and you're able to be very candid about what you want and what you desire and things you want to try and explore, what is porn going to help me do? All it does is take my mental energy and my focus and my sexuality away from the person it should be guided to. Like, why? And so we kept asking why. And not only had it been a habit, but it was, okay, well, I was curious. I want to see what else was out there. I want to, you know, who's the newest star, whatever the things are that I was saying that were all complete bullshit. They didn't matter. And now they still don't matter. You see, what I did was the same thing I gave the advice to the gentleman yesterday through through Twitter. Anytime I found myself looking to spend time looking at some sort of pornographic content, that was conscious pornographic content, like actual hardcore porn. I'm not saying scrolling through Instagram and seeing an Instagram model with her chest out is porn. Let's disassociate that for just a second. What I would do is create an anchor situation. And what an anchor situation is, is if you can mentally put yourself in power in a place where you felt good from the outcome that you're choosing in the situation, not looking at porn, what is something that happened in my life that made me feel good when I didn't look at porn? Well, I can think of how great it is when Lindsay and I are holding hands on our couch or smiling or laughing or talking. Like that's, a, that's a replacement because if I'm not looking at porn, then that's the thing I could be doing. So what then happens is I anchor myself to that emotion. 
So when I'm alone or what I'm, this is again, three, four years ago now, when I'm alone and would typically look at porn or just be curious or do whatever it is I thought I needed to do in that moment, I shift my mind. I think like, man, but Lindsay and I are so happy. Like we have all this great stuff. Like our intimacy, our connection is so strong. I don't need to look at porn. Like imagine her smiling face. Imagine the way her hand feels in my hand, the way her laugh sounds in my ear. So now I have an anchor that's like, okay, I don't need to do this. But then I took that a step further and I started texting her. Again, this is before the letters of appreciation. This is just regular text message in the middle of the day. I would text her something that was, you know, that I loved about her, something that made me happy, or even some, you know, little naughty texts, things that are, are going to lead up to some sort of exciting activity when I get home that night. Like these are things that matter. These are all now replacements that are creating a new habit and a new series of events for me. And what I notice over time by shifting my focus from looking at porn and seeing whatever stories and watching these acts from these people I'm never going to know that I don't care about into pouring into my partner, my relationship increased exponentially. And not only my relationship as a whole increased exponentially, our sexual chemistry increased exponentially. Because I replaced that draw, that drag on my system of looking at porn, I replaced it with something that's beneficial, that's real, that's tangible. I shifted my mindset around to something that fulfilled me versus took power away from me. It's really crazy. Because again, now I'm a 30, at that point, I'm probably a 31-year-old man. I've been looking at porn since I was 10. That is 21 years and more hours than I care to count that I had spent viewing some sort of pornographic material and doing God knows what to myself at any time during the day. Now it's all gone. I can't tell you how many minutes I've looked at porn in the past year. Less than 20 minutes, maybe? It's so infrequent, I don't know how I would count it. And moreover than not, it's based off some sort of funny something that somebody sends me or some sort of viral content that's more humorous than it is sexual in nature. It just happens to have a sexual component to it. And so the same thing I encourage this man to do is when you create that, that new anchor, you start to shift and fix your focus and put it towards something that's beneficial. Because porn will ultimately be one of the downfalls to your relationship, men. And I know some of you listening are going to say, but my wife likes to watch it with me. Maybe. Good for you. This is not a blanket statement that works for everybody. And if that makes you guys happy, you do it. But I will venture to say that if you poured all that energy and love and attention and affection into just your wife and you didn't need an external stimuli to get things going, you'd have a happier sex life and then a better relationship based upon that. Especially us men. I mean, we are sexually driven creatures. So as I look at this as a whole, I try to analyze how else in life this is really affecting me. Like where else has an old pattern or habit something like porn carried over into the gym world for me or perhaps for you. So for me, my old porn was steroids. Steroids were that thing that I had just kept doing for so long that I assumed I needed to do it because if I wasn't doing it, I thought something else would change. It was negative. It's actually the exact opposite of my life. When I stopped doing steroids, when I stopped using steroids, taking steroids, whatever you want to say, and went through the recalibration of just becoming healthy, 
the inflammation in my body decreased. My hands don't hurt. I don't look so swollen. I'm not puffy-faced. My blood pressure's down. My cholesterol's down. My heart's probably never going to shrink back to a regular size, but I feel just healthier overall as an individual. Same thing when it came to business. You know, in business, there's all these repetitive steps we all need to do every day to become successful. Some of those old limiting factors and limiting beliefs were the fact of that I could just kind of work laissez-faire, kind of hands-off. I don't really have to be truly there in the moment because in my mind, I'm so good at sales and I'm so good at what I do and how I've done things for so long. And business, for the most part, has come so easy. Sales have certainly come so easy. They don't ever have to focus on perfecting that craft. That's just all another story that can be broken. Because what I found is when I consistently now focus on perfecting those skills, when I read something about marketing or I read something about sales and I apply it to my daily life, I start to level up quickly. I do need something different than I had before. And obviously in relationships, it's easy. I used to be just a serial cheater. I couldn't stay faithful. I couldn't do the things in my mind that were required to have tough conversations and then break up with people when it wasn't time. But I also couldn't communicate what I really needed. These were old stories. These were old patterns and habits that have been established all throughout my life, much like porn. When I broke these habits and saw there's another way to operate with Lindsay, here we go. I'm now married and very happily married. And I think that's the goal for most of us, to be in a happy, committed relationship where you feel mutual love and support. Porn will make it so that's not as easy to obtain. So guys, as you look at your life and you analyze those pieces and parts, I'm going to encourage you to start eliminating and disassociating from unhealthy behaviors that you've established and giving yourself a bullshit story to believe. Because there's always a better way to operate, a better way to think, and a better way to do things. And we start establishing those new better ways, you're able to get shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.